Plum Creek Church, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three important relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something he wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you leave encouraged and closer to him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at plumcreek.church or on social media to see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting any dollar amount to 720-606-5563. It's a secure connection with simple instructions to get set up. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Good to see you, good to see you. First, before I say anything, we could use your help. There's a few folks that still need some seats. If you got space, could you kind of crunch a little bit for me? That would be great. Another good reminder to help us uh, by attending some of those services that, uh, <clears throat> that uh, Jonathan highlighted, that'd be great. Uh, you guys doing good? It's good to see you. Um, if you're a guest here, my name is Doug and I work here, right? <clears throat> Um, uh, we've been uh, pretty crazy in our house lately. Most of you know the story. Um, but it's been a, a pretty difficult couple of runs uh, for the last 67 days, actually. Today will be the 67th day that my son uh, is sleeping in the hospital. Uh, it was back on January 18th that he woke up unresponsive, sinus infection had gone into his brain. We didn't know what was going on, and they rushed him into emergency surgery. For those of you that don't know, just had two of those, and a couple of sinus surgeries, plastic surgery, and he's got one surgery left where they're gonna uh, put a prosthetic skull back in, because for the last 60-something days, he's not had a skull, and on the left side of his uh, brain, and he lost complete use of the right side of his body and his ability uh, to communicate. So it's been a really tough run, uh, but he's doing well. Uh, first of all, praise God Amen. that he's alive. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, and so he's a fighter. Uh, he takes after his mom. Just kidding. <laughs> and um, he's, doing, he's doing well. He has a very, very long way to go. Uh, I can tell you personally, this has been the most difficult thing uh, that I've ever gone through personally. And those of you that are parents, you get it. Uh, some of you have been through far worse pain than what we're experiencing. Uh, it's, it's tough. Um, and to uh, watch your son need to learn to walk, to learn to talk, to learn to read, and to learn to write again is like nothing uh, that I have ever experienced. And uh, he's making a lot of progress, uh, but this is going to take a very, very long time. But last night he was here, and uh, that was awesome. So, um, I just want to first of all say thank you to the absolutely amazing team that I have the opportunity to serve here at Plum Creek with. Um, our squad is the best ever, and I'm very grateful for the way that they um, have stepped up and have helped pick up the slack uh, in the craziness of our family. Can you guys say thanks to our team real quick? Yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> And then also I wanna say thank you to each and every one of you that have so faithfully prayed for our family, especially for Josh 
and have reached out to us in so many amazing ways. Uh, your encouragement and your texts and your visits and your notes and your gifts and all the ways that you have graciously extended uh, loving kindness to our family, meals and um, all kinds of things. Uh, we, are, we are so grateful. We are blessed to live in the community that we do and to serve uh, with you guys uh, doing what he's called us to do and to have the relationships we do. We are blessed beyond measure. So thank you. Keep praying. We got a long way to go. And uh, uh, I know if Josh was here, he would want to make sure that I said thank you to each of you that have prayed for him as well. All right. So we're here to finish up a series that we started three weeks ago called Destinations. And I was trying to figure out a great way to segue from all of that to our topic that we've been talking about and that we need to wrap up today. And so I came up with this idea. Joker wants the race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. They're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill somebody. awesome or what? You're going the wrong, how does he know where we're going, right? If you're a parent, you know how that feels. You've told your kids that, you're going the wrong way, and they're looking at you like, what do you know about where I'm headed? And you're like, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and it's highly likely that there's also been some times in your life where someone said that to you, and, uh, and you were hesitant to listen to their advice, and you kind of wondered, how in the world do they know where I want to go anyway? This series is an important one, this destination series, because we're all heading somewhere. And I bet that you've responded that way uh, at some time in your life when someone tried to give you advice. And you know the reality is as well that oftentimes we end up in places that we never intended to be, facing circumstances we never t intended to face. And oftentimes I have known and said, and you probably have heard and said as well, I have no idea how I got here. And that's why this series is important, because um, we need to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of a proverb, Proverb 22, 3, 
that says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. This weekend, I'm gonna share with you the final piece of this destination equation, and I think this is gonna make a lot of sense for all of us, Um, but it's nothing novel. It's just truth. And oftentimes, if your life is like mine, um, it sounds intuitive when we hear it, but we don't think about it enough. And we understand that this truth is truth, and it applies in lots of different circumstances of our life, like driving and um, walking, And in virtually every area of our life as well, when we talk about our finances, we talk about our marriage, we talk about the challenges that we have in raising our children, or maybe your influence on your grandkids. Uh, For sure, it's gonna be seen in your spiritual life, in your relationships, your morality, your business, your education. It'll apply to every area of your life. But for some reason, we tend to overlook it, but at truth, it still will be. And whether you choose to accept it, to believe it, to embrace it, to endorse it, to lean into it, it's still going to have impact in your life. And so here's our main thought this week. If you have your pen, I'd love for you to write it it down because it is true and um, it can challenge us. So our main thought this week is this, my focus determines my destination. My focus determines my destination. It's the things that grab our attention or the things that we give our attention to that oftentimes will influence the direction of our lives. And if we're not careful, those very things that distract us, those things that grab our focus and our attention can take us to a destination that we never would have intended to go. What grabs my attention influences me. Now you know this is probably true because maybe you were uh, driving on one of the roads uh, around town here and you saw someone driving while they were paying attention to their phone. Seen that? That's gonna lead you to the wrong destination. So have you ever gotten an accident because you were texting? Would you raise your hand? Just kidding, your lawyer told you not to, right? <laughs> I got one, I got one. It's okay, it's like, it was me. Uh, we've all probably been too close to that if you're not uh, monitoring that well. Uh, you know how it was when you were first learning how to drive, perhaps, or maybe when you were teaching your kids to drive and, and they were driving down the road and something caught their attention and they looked left and what happens? You steer left and you're like, hey, pay attention. Look straight ahead, look where you're trying to go. I was reminded of that this week. Uh, We got our taxes done, praise the Lord, right? And uh, we were talking with our tax guy, he's a dear friend of ours, and we were catching up with everything that's going on with Josh, and and then I said, hey Steve, seriously, I love you, you know I love you. There are a lot of people at Craig Hospital that got in ski wrecks. It's true, oh by the way, this is their logo. That's why I wore it today. You come in broke, and you come out fixed. Isn't that awesome? Love it. So um, I said, Steve, you know I love you and care about you. I've got a lot of people that I've met at this hospital that are trying to put their lives back together because they hit a tree or a, you know, a pole that is lifting the, or uh, sending the lifts up the hill or whatever. I said, let's see, be careful, Steve, seriously. Wear a helmet, stay out of the trees. And he was like, Doug, no, seriously. The trees are where the good snow is. I'm like, bro, really? <laughs> like, I'm starting to, sw- I'm like, no, no, don't do it. He goes, no, let me tell you. I took a ski lesson on how to ski the trees. And I was like, okay, like I'm all freaking out. And he said, the number one thing that the ski instructors will tell you when you're skiing in the trees is don't look at the trees. And I was like, bro, this is my sermon. This is, I'm like typing it in my phone. And the reason is, because if you look at the tree, you're gonna ski into the tree. 
He says, so the number one thing you've got to know is that you don't look at the tree, you look at the spaces between the tree, and you automatically begin to navigate yourself that way. And I was like, still, you're freaking me out, wear a helmet, But this is true, not just in skiing and driving, but it's true in life. And there are things that will grab our attention and change our destination. Those things have happened in my life. I'm sure they've happened in yours, too. I remember... Um, In the fall of 1987, I walked into a church in the Chicagoland area that was leading the charge of what it looked like to aggressively reach the lost for Christ and to be very intentional about doing that in the context of influencing and being part of their community too. And it changed the direction of my life. A couple of years later, I took a class thinking that it would be an easy A in school, Introduction to Student Ministry. And you've met the professor who's still my mentor today. It grabbed my attention and literally changed the direction of my life. And I'm different because of it. In 1989, I met this hottie named Beth. And boy, did she grab my attention. And she still does. And it's changed the direction of my life. And if you're a parent, you know how this works. In 1995, there came Josh. Changed my life forever. And then again, in 96, it was Luke. And then in 98, it was Zach. God bless my wife. And then in 2000, little Megs was born. And that little girl grabbed my heart in a whole different kind of way. And the direction of my life is different because of it. Now, you've had these things happen, too, and it's likely you've had defining moments of things that grabbed your attention and your focus, and some of them were very positive, and it's likely that some have been negative as well. Perhaps it was someone that grabbed your attention and still, to this day, you wish you had never met. Or maybe it was an opportunity that captured your attention and it swayed the direction of your life for a season And it ended up eating precious time and resources and effort and energy. And you wish that you would have paid more close attention before those things happened. And all of us can also think of things that we wish we had paid more attention to that would have changed the way our lives turned out. Perhaps it was your education. Maybe it's something to do with your character. Or maybe it's your marriage. Or maybe it's your health. Maybe it has to do with your finances or your spiritual life. Our main thought proves true in all arenas of life. My focus determines my destination. And yet there's a distinction that needs to be made here. You see, there's something very different about something that captures your attention because those kinds of things happen every day, don't they? There's a difference between something capturing your attention for a moment and you allowing that thing to continue to have and grab your attention. Very different. And so that's what we wanna talk about today. And I'm, I'm wondering, and have been praying this week, heading into this message, that perhaps there is something for you that has captured your attention that's pulling you off course from the plan that you know God has for your life. And I wonder if I asked you today what it would be. I wonder what those that know you best and love you most would say has captured your attention as well. My focus determines my destination. So here's where I wanna go with the rest of this message. I wanna share with you a couple of passages that I believe 
will directly show us that this is not just truth, but biblical truth. And then I wanna share with you a story of a guy that was heading the wrong way who had allowed a misdirected focus to undermine what God wanted for his life. And here's my challenge. It might be very, very important for you to write these verses down this week. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to do that so that later in the week you could go back and you could reflect on these verses some more. And there's one particular verse which I'll highlight in just a minute that's gonna be our assignment for the week and I don't want you to forget it. So you're gonna type this one in your phone or make, it on your no- or make sure it's on your notes, okay? First of all, um, I wanna share with you a verse from the Old Testament. God is speaking to his people, the nation of Israel, because he's very concerned about the direction that they're heading in their lives. And he wants to make sure that they aren't distracted by the pagan worship that's around them. Um, Things that are not God-centered, that were part of their culture. And sounds like that might be something noteworthy for us to pay attention to in the crazy culture that you and I live in, too. So in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12, the Lord said this, if you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. I'm not sure if you missed the powerful language in there or not, so I want you to look at that verse with me again. Uh, The first thing that we're challenged with in this passage from God is to pay attention. And what is it that we're called to pay attention to? Right here. Pay attention. Pay attention, and when we do that, then the next thing that we're supposed to do is to what? Be, what's the word? Careful, be careful. And the reason that we're called to be careful is all too often we're not. And we throw caution to the wind and we're not careful with the life that God has given us. And then there's a promise that comes if we will do these things. Then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. There's another verse. This is the one that I want you to star and highlight. This is the one I want you to type into your phone because I want this verse to be your prayer this week. And it's Psalm chapter 119, verses 35 and 37. And David wrote these from personal experience because he knew that in his life it was going to be very important to pray this kind of prayer. And it proved true if you know the history of his life. Psalm 119, verse 35 says, direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. In verse 37, he wrote this, turn my eyes from worthless things Preserve my life according to your word. That is a powerful verse. Now I want you to see it. Look at it one more time with me. Um, This prayer that he prays is powerful. The first thing that he says is, God, I need you, not me, to direct my life. And I'm gonna ask you this day to direct me because left to my own, I'm highly likely to head in the wrong direction. So God, will you please first direct me? I give you my life, you steward my life. Direct me in the path of your commands. And then he says this, I I will find delight there. Because David, like many of us, has tried to find delight in other ways. And we need to remember where true delight is found. And then in verse 37, he says this, turn my eyes away from worthless things. So when I'm looking the wrong way, when the wrong thing has gotten my attention, Turn my eyes back to where they should be. And he calls those things that can be so distracting worthless. But then he says this, what happens when when this takes place? That then God will preserve my life 
according to your word? Do you see some consistency in this challenge? That we would be able to live and preserve our lives according to his word. David knew, as well as anyone, how deceitful his eyes could be. And I want you this week to use this verse to be the very words that you will pray. Solomon wrote this along the same lines. He was writing to young men, and he said this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. He said, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Again, the wisest man ever wrote those words. Look at it one more time. Where are we supposed to look? And there's this, there's this conscious decision that he's talking about. He says, let your eyes look straight ahead. That's where I choose to look. And I'm not gonna allow myself to be distracted by things that shouldn't distract me. Fix your gaze, he says. Intentional decision. And I love the challenge in 27. Don't swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. You don't wanna head the wrong direction. So how do we know if we're on the right path? How do we know if we're heading the right way? How do we know how to make decisions when we need to make decisions in our lives? How do we, how do, we do that well? <clears throat> it's a good question. Well, we can find help with this. There again, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, these amazing words. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. I hope you're beginning to see some re-emerging principles here that need to be part of our life. If you're not, I'm gonna show it to you. What is it that becomes our light and our lamp in the life that we live? It's right here, it's right here. And I continue to be amazed by how many people would call themselves Christ followers and not know what this book says. It's not uncommon over the years for folks to say, hey Doug, could you help me with something I'm facing in my life? Sure, and they talk to me about that and whatever issue it is, and I'm like, you know, can I share with you what the Bible says about that? And they look like almost dumbfounded. Like, what? The Bible talks about that? Like, you might should read it. Could be very helpful. And so I wanna challenge you to be reminded of what that psalmist said. We need to know what it says. Because the truth of the matter is your heavenly father loves you with a crazy kind of love and he wants you and I to be on the right path, not swerving to the right or the left, but focused exactly where he would call us to focus because he has a plan for your life and he has a destination for you and he loves you so much that he would die to make sure that we will get it. So as we read these passages of scripture, here's the last one that kind of just sheds light on this and why we need to do this this way. And it's in Hebrews chapter two, verse one. It says this, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard. What's in the word? So that we do not, and what's the words there? Drift away. That wasn't emphatic enough. What happens if we don't pay attention well? We 
Have you ever drifted a little bit in your faith? Me too. Me too. It's easy. And there's an enemy of our souls that wants to cause us to drift. Have you experienced that? That'll throw things in the middle of your attention to grab you and tug you and pull you where you don't want to go. If you're like me, which I venture to guess you are, I would guess that you're extremely good, actually maybe even Hall of Fame status, in your ability to recognize drift in everybody else. <laughs> you probably talk to your good friends about it. Juicy Susie, woo girl, drifting, 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 right? <clears throat> and at the same time, who's really drifting too? But the problem is, you see, we don't notice the drift in ourselves, but we're so good at seeing it in everyone else. And so we need to begin to get better at this. How many times have we said to someone else, hey, you're going the wrong way. And they're like, back at ya. Because they can see the drift in your life like you can see the drift in theirs. So here's what's likely going on right now. Each of you are thinking of the countless numbers of people that you wish were here today. Or you've already begun to create the email distribution list of those that you're gonna forward this message to. And you know what? I'm okay with that. As long as first, before you click send, that you would ask the Lord to speak to you. As a matter of fact, I've been praying that he would do that this weekend. Because each of us have personal histories that prove that when our attention is captured by the wrong things, that we can slowly drift away from the path that we know God has called us to. All too often, we end up at that destination wondering how we got there, when the truth is, because we didn't live with intentionality, listening to the voice of God and the Holy Spirit in our life, we actually chose that path by not paying attention. So I wanna finish with this today. There's this incredible story that I read about this guy that was basically going the wrong way. He was even super passionate about the direction that he was headed, and even though he was heading full steam ahead in the absolute wrong direction, but what ends up being so cool about this guy's life is that he has an unmistakable encounter with God. And God communicates to him that he's heading the wrong way. And you can see in the story that he had taken it upon himself to travel the Middle East doing everything that he could to stop the spread of the gospel. He was part of doing some horrible things. He was killing people. He was imprisoning them. He was beating people because of their faith. This is the kind of stuff that we read about online and hear about on the news. Those are hate crimes that he had justified. This is an absolutely amazing story and rather than me just continue to tell it to you myself, what I'd like to do is read to you from a speech that he gave. In this speech, he was detailing the change that had taken place in his life in the way that God got a hold of his attention. So I'm gonna read what he said that day. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. 
as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me and I fell to the ground and I, hear, I, hear, I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord, I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Now listen, I don't want to oversimplify this story, but if you read it like I do, God simply made it clear to Saul. Hey, you're going the wrong way. And you know what I've learned about our God? That's what he does. Not just all the way back then in Saul's life, but today in your life. That's who he is because he loves you so much. He cares about you. And he has a very specific plan for your life. And he knows when you get off course and he knows the ways that are most tempting to you that will pull you, have the most potential to pull you off the course that he's intended for you. And I've learned that he's doing the exact same thing he did then still today. And you know what's crazy? I've been praying that today he would do it again. He would do it again. Maybe today as you've been sitting here listening to me share this, perhaps God's been speaking to you and perhaps he's nudging you in your heart right now. You see, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. Perhaps even right now, if you'll listen, if you'll quiet your heart and ask him to speak to you, you'll have to admit that this message is exactly what you needed to hear. So I wanna take you back to part of Paul's speech that I just read a little bit of. I would encourage you this week to go back and read the whole speech in Acts chapter 22, because it's powerful. At one point in that speech, you just read with me that he was describing this experience in verse six as he came near this town of Damascus and this bright light from heaven flashed down and he had fallen to the ground and he heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And what I want you to see is how he responded. He said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? You see, I believe there's some of you that are here today and you believe that God exists. You believe that. But what you don't know is that he's a personal God. That he cares about you personally. And right now, in this moment, you might say, you know what, Doug? I needed to be here today. Because as I evaluate my life, I'm headed 
in the wrong direction. And I've never made a personal decision to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I want that to change. If that's you, I believe right now in this moment, you can feel it in your heart. That's God. And he's tugging you. He's helping you know that today, today is a day of opportunity for you to accept him as your personal savior. Can you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads for just a second? You see, I, I, would, have to, I would have to believe that there's a couple of people here today <clears throat> that would say, you know what, Doug? You're speaking to me. And I want everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed. And would you just pray with me now for those that know this is their moment? And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I know as I look at my life, I'm headed the wrong way. There are lots of things that have grabbed hold of my attention and they're pulling me off the course that I know that I need to live my life on. And I believe that there is a God, but I've never accepted that he would be a personal God, that he could be mine. And if you're here today and that's you, I want to pray with you today. And this is a powerful moment. This is your moment with him. And so everybody's heads bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm gonna start by looking to my left, your right. And I'd just like to know who I'm praying with real quick. And if you're over here on my left, your right, and you would say, Doug, that's for me. Would you just raise your hand real fast? Because I'd like to see, yep, I see your hands. Okay, how about here in the middle? Anybody here in the middle? I got you, buddy. Yep, I got you. I see you in the back, awesome. Anybody? Yep, I see you over here on my left, perfect. Okay, how about over here on my right? Yep, I see your hand already. Anybody else? Yep. Perfect. You can put them down. Thanks, guys. Will you pray with me? Father, I know this is a crazy world that we live in. And there are so many things that can grab hold of our attention and pull us off course. And we can find ourselves in these places that we wonder how we even got to. And Father, I thank you today for all of those that have raised their hand, acknowledging the fact that they believe there's a God but have never personally accepted him as their savior. And Lord, I know with great certainty that you have a plan for their lives and you have a destination in store for them. And Lord, we thank you that we can have hope for eternity because of what you did, the price that you paid. And so if you raised your hand today, I just want you to pray with me. Lord, thank you that I was here today. Thank you that I had a chance to hear this message and to talk about the importance of intentionality in the direction that we're headed. And if I'm honest, Lord, I have to tell you, I know I'm headed in the wrong way. And I want that to change today. And so I thank you, knowing that I have fallen short of your perfect standard, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. And today I want that to be personalized in my heart. So will you help me? Will you help me to really understand that in a very personal and a very real way? But I also thank you that you weren't just a God that came and died, but that you're still alive and that your power is at work and I can experience that power in my life. And so in the next moments, days, weeks, months, even years ahead, I just ask God that I would have your power at work in me to help me stay on the path that you've intended for me to live on.
before I finish, we talked a little bit about how that drift can be so real in our lives. Boy, I've experienced it. And I know that it's likely you have too. And there might be some people here today that have made a decision to accept Christ as their savior. But in this last little bit of the history of your life, you would say, you know, I've gotten off course. And today, because we took time to talk about it and to think about it and to ask God to speak to us, you recognize that there's some drift in you. And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, Doug, I made a decision. Maybe it was years ago to say yes to Jesus, but I've been drifting and I need to get back on course. If that's you and you're here today, again, just bow your heads real quick. Would you just raise your hand? Because I want to pray with you too. Yeah, I see you. I see your hands. Good job. Anyone else? Thank you. Okay, put them down. Father, you've seen those that have just, in this moment, have been honest before you and just declared their need for you to be realigned once again with the purpose and the plan that you have for us. And once again, we thank you, Lord, that we live with eternity in mind. But Father, we're also very well aware of how that enemy can finagle his way into our lives and get us off course. Lord, I pray that you will be with those that have um, raised their hands today, that they would experience your power and your love in their life, that they would sense, Lord, your promptings, that they would pray these verses that we've talked about this weekend that, Lord, you will help each of us to be able to stay on the course that you've directed us to and live in your strength and your power, not our own, to be able to stay focused on the plan that you have for our lives. I also believe that there are some that were here today that raising your hand would have been a big deal, but you know that this is for you today. There could be lots of reasons why you didn't shoot your hand up real quick, but God is speaking to you in this moment. Please, please listen to what he's saying to you. Don't allow today to finish without making some things right with the Lord. Father, I pray for restless sleep until this is handled. Help us to pay close attention, Lord, to your voice. Again, not in our strength, but yours. Live as you've called us to live. It's in your son's precious name. Amen.